I'm Ella McPhail, and I'm 10 years old. I go to Brownville Elementary School. I am in fifth grade. And I am Herbert McPhail, and I am six years old, almost seven years old. And I go to, and I am in first grade, and I go to um, Brownville Elementary School. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm, I am with you always. To the very end of the age, Matthew, Matthew 28, 19, 20. Am I on? Okay. Good morning, North River. This is a little unusual for me. Uh, I am much better downstairs in Kid Zone with a room full of children. Uh, I feel much more comfortable down there. Kid Zone is our Sunday morning's children ministry space. Today is what I humorously refer to as that tricky fifth Sunday. And what I mean by that is it's a time for children to stay in the worship center um, with their families and worship together. About a year ago, I approached the staff about this idea of the children staying with their families on those tricky fifth Sundays and we would find ways to integrate the children into our services, either on the worship team, like we did this morning, or having children read scripture, like we did this morning. And you may recall that last winter we did just that. We added a little something extra. We had a time during the service where the children, or the adults, anybody, could uh, draw a picture or write a note, or perhaps write down a favorite Bible verse, and some of those pictures were projected onto the screen during the service. I collected all of these things that we did, and um, I put them aside to send on a missions trip this past, Af uh, this past spring to Africa. It was a beautiful way to enjoy a worship service together, and I was excited to see families together in church. But then COVID happened. But we saw the same thing happening. We saw that children and families were worshiping together with their parents. We had children reading scripture and being part of the Sunday services in different capacities. And now that we're meeting together, sometimes in person and on the other side of that screen, we still have families learning and growing together. And with today being a tricky fifth Sunday, I'm excited to have the children joining us in this service so we can learn together. Before we begin, let's open the morning in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for promising us that where two or more are gathered in your name, that you are there. We welcome you to be with us this morning, Lord, as we worship and learn from your word together. We ask that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we might hear you, and that we might receive you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, on a typical Sunday, we have a lot of fun down in Kid Zone. And part of what I wanted to do was bring a little bit of our Kid Zone up here to you. Now, that does not mean that I'm going to ask anyone to come up here and put their face in a plate of whipped cream. Uh, that was a lesson in honor. I will not ask anyone to come up here and sing opera for us, although, Shauna, thank you so much for your operatic rendition of the life of John the Baptist. And I will not ask anybody up here to dance. That was a lesson on David and him showing gratitude to the Lord through dance. But the one thing I do want all my kids' own kiddos to know is that they are a part of the church. And by that, I don't just mean North River. They are part of the body of Christ. They have a voice, and they can be heard. And even in some of our sillier moments in Kid Zone, and we have many, the gospel is being learned. So it's very appropriate that today we're talking about mission and evangelism, because that's something that we're all instructed to do. When Jesus said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, he wasn't just telling men age 25 to 40 to go out and make disciples. He wasn't just telling the women over age 35. He was telling all of us, and that means kids too. This month, Pastor Paul has taken us on a journey of the five purposes of the church. We started with worship, 
and then we learned about fellowship, and then discipleship, and last week, ministry. And that leads us to this week on mission and evangelism. So what is mission? Probably what most people think of is a trip. It means packing a suitcase with work clothes and probably a fair amount of over-the-counter tummy medicine for upset bellies, and traveling long hours to get to a third world country, maybe building a school or housing. Perhaps it involves some sort of uh, teaching, maybe playing with children or doing a day camp of sorts, and maybe eating some new and potentially uh, un unknown foods, hence the medicine for tummy upset. And yes, that is a mission trip in a literal and traditional sense, as well as a meaningful experience. That is being the hands and feet of Jesus in a very tangible way. But that's not the only way to spread the gospel. Mission is being sent. We are called to be a sent people. In verse 19, Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Where are we being sent? Well, sometimes it is to Africa or South America or Asia. But sometimes we're being sent into our own communities, into our schools, into our offices, into our playgrounds, and even into our local Starbucks. We are made for a mission. He hardwired us with the ability to share the message of Jesus with everybody, those in our sphere of influence, and sometimes even those in the periphery. This is literally what evangelism is, teaching the message of Jesus with the hope of convincing them of the awesome works of our Lord, spreading the gospel, spreading the truth that Jesus is the only Son of God who gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins, and thus ensuring, that, oh, sorry, thus ensuring eternal life is for anyone who believes, modeling his way of life and telling our family, friends, peers, neighbors, and colleagues so they can all be a part of God's kingdom is what we're made for. When Jesus said these words recorded in Matthew, therefore go, he was sending his disciples out, telling them to make more disciples, spreading his message and furthering his mission. Well, let me ask you, where do you make your disciples? God has called us on a mission, and although my mission is going to look a lot different than your mission, it doesn't make it any less vital. I have his permission to tell this story. When my son Aiden was in first grade, he was all excited because he was bringing his new little friend over for a first play date. Tyler was coming over, and after about a half an hour, I overheard Aiden and Tyler having a conversation where Aiden said, so Tyler, you can either go to heaven or you can go to hell. What's it going to be? In that moment, I probably rolled my eyes, but I thought, oh, mommy's little evangelist is at it again. You see, I knew I'm sorry, I, I, I knew that Aiden, even at age six, that he understood something very important. He knew his mission. He knew that he loved Jesus. He knew that he loved his new little friend. He knew he wanted to go to heaven someday, and he knew that it was urgent that Tyler understand that. I don't know if Aiden changed Tyler's life that day, but what if he did? I know since then, Aiden has shared his faith with every friend he meets. And what if his words do have eternal significance? What if his words do have a kingdom impact? What if Aiden's mission mindset changes just one life? This is the Great Commission. This isn't the great suggestion or the, hey, if you get a chance, could you do this for me? No, this is a continuation of the mission that Jesus started when he walked the earth 2,000 years ago. This is our calling, and it should be our greatest desire to spread the message of God's love and salvation to those that God has deliberately and strategically placed in our lives. Some of us are called to go into the world and evangelize, while others are called by God to be sent into other places, 
work, school, soccer fields, dance studios, and horse barns. But whatever he calls us to do is a privilege. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor and be reconciled to him. Don't get me wrong, it's a big responsibility. We're not only working for God, but we're working with God to further his, build his kingdom. Like what Aiden did for Tyler, telling our friends, our coworkers, baristas, or our own families about the eternal and life-saving message of Jesus Christ is the most important thing we could ever do. So what fears keep us from fulfilling our mission? Are we afraid of ridicule? Remember 1 Peter 4.14, if you are insulted in the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of God and of glory rests upon you. Are we afraid of judgment? Do not judge or you will be judged. Matthew 7.1. Are we afraid that people will see us differently? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2. Are we afraid that we won't have the right words to use? Remember 2 Timothy 1.7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Well, how do we find our mission then? Well, that's a little bit trickier to determine. I can stand up here and tell you to pray and to listen for God's discernment on that, which of course you should do. You might just be the only bit of Jesus that someone sees every day. The people in our life may not ever walk through the door of North River, or they may not read a Bible today. But we are tasked with the responsibility of demonstrating to our community and to a greater extension our world, what Jesus might look like, might act like today. John 17, 18 sums that up perfectly. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them. We are the them that he was referring to. We're not always going to get it right, but maybe extending a little grace or a smile when the barista gets our venti skinny vanilla latte order wrong or when a deadline isn't met at work, we can have a conversation instead of a screaming match with that same coworker. Perhaps when the kid on the, school butt is being, on the school bus is being a complete pain, we can talk to him because he's probably only acting that way because he's scared on the bus. From there, relationships grow and others will see how you act and react. Others may see that your behavior reflects Jesus and that's a great place to start. But perhaps just maybe it starts with something you already know best yourself. Have your testimony ready to share. Our testimonies represent our coming to Christ, but they can also bring others to him when we open up and share. I know it can be daunting to share. Sometimes our journeys are wrought with pain and personal details that you think are better left in the past. But remember, if he has come, I'm sorry, if, remember, if, he have, if you have come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if he has changed your life, that's all you need. Your story of redemption and how Jesus is working in your life is the most powerful tool of convincing and others the gospel. God never wastes our tears. What we may think is too hard or too painful from our past could just be the detail that someone else needs to make that change in their life. Our daily routine is filled with the ways in which Jesus is reflected in our lives. How we behave amplifies and continues that story. Our story is as unique as we are. It's that uniqueness that makes it real to others. How Jesus is working in my life and how I am being shaped and molded by him is gonna be different than how he's busy working in your life. But to others that don't yet know him are watching how we live and how we act 
and how we behave, and that can be the very key that unlocks the door for them, freeing them from their own personal prisons. 1 John 5.10, the one who believes in the Son of God has this testimony within him. Be prepared with a testimony, because if someone in your world is drowning, you have the life savior. We've all heard this before. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Missions is putting faith, your faith, into action. You don't need to be a worldwide missionary. You don't need to be a Bible scholar. You can be you. And to quote my son Aiden again, when God calls, pick up the phone. Uh, for those that don't know me very well, I'm what you might call an indoor girl. Uh, I, I don't like to get dirty. Uh, I don't own sneakers. And I don't like nature. Uh, knowing all this about myself last year, I was asked to go on a missions trip to Zambia. I also don't like to fly. So the idea of actually purchasing sneakers and getting on a plane for roughly 48 hours to Africa, which to the best of my knowledge is full of nature, um, that was a big no. <laughs> but my mouth said yes before my brain actually figured out what had transpired. I knew that God was calling me out of my comfort zone in a big way and to do something bigger and greater than I could ever imagine. I was equal parts terrified and exhilarated. I knew this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and that what God was going to teach me and use me for in that time was going to be nothing short of spectacular. Sometimes we're called to be uncomfortable. Sometimes in our discomfort, amazing things can happen. I've heard it described as holy discomfort. I think you know it. It's that uneasy and restless feeling you get when you're stepping out of your familiar territory into where God is calling you. And if we can get out of our own way and do what he has called us to do, amazing things are going to happen. In our discomfort, lives are changed. Unfortunately, COVID prevented me from going. Some of my friends thought I must have been super relieved, but I wasn't. I was actually devastated. I was honored that God had selected me for this mission, and I was excited to see what works God was going to do in me during that time. I was saddened that an opportunity was going to be wasted, but silly me remembers that God never wastes an opportunity. My mission became a little clearer during this COVID season. I was being sent, just virtually. I was being sent to a screen to connect with kids in a new, and dare I say it, uncomfortable setting. Our annual camp, our VBX, was, uh, was virtual this year, and that was very strange until I saw kids who had never before stepped through the doors of North River, hearing the gospel for the very first time and engaging with us over a screen. My kids' own kiddos, you guys, you know, we couldn't meet in the building physically, but we met a few times a week online. And I saw you guys getting excited about scripture memory and Bible trivia, and several of you read scripture on video for our services, and that was so amazing. And during this time, you guys would FaceTime me and text me and tell me about stories you were having with your friends and conversations that you were having with, about Jesus. Some of you shared your testimony with other kids. And in several cases, kids and teens even gave the testimonies here at church in the past few months. I hope you realize that what you did and what you say is exactly what I'm talking about today. You are evangelizing. You are using your voice and your words and your heart for Jesus to show others how his amazing love and plan for their lives. That is mission mindset. That is reaching out and helping others who are far from God become fully developed worshipers and servants of Christ. Hope that sounds familiar to you because that is the mission of North River. And I see it all the time with kids, with students and adults of all ages. Our holy discomfort gives way to our mission mindset and it is awesome. So while I may not have had the missions experience I envisioned this past spring, 
It was exactly what God had planned. He is still sending us. He is still using us. He is still calling us to share his message. And what's a little discomfort when at the end of the day, we will hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Loving God, thank you for hearing our prayers this morning and for giving us your word. Today, Lord, we thank you for giving us a mission. We thank you for using us. We want to serve you, Lord, and we want to be used in a mighty way to further your kingdom. We look forward to serving you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is a part of the service where uh, we receive our offering. Uh, when we give, it enables North River to spread the love of Jesus into the world through our many ministries and missions uh, in our community and beyond. We are so incredibly grateful for all of you for how you give so generously and so faithfully week after week. Thank you for how you support North River. There are a few ways to give. Uh, for those that are watching at home, there is a link that will pop up on your screen and it'll take you to a, a secure page. You can also set up recurring payments through your banking app or you can text North River CC to 77977 or you can mail a check to North River at 334 Old Oak Street. For those of you in the room at the end of our service, you will uh, see collection buckets at the door. Thank you again and the worship team will come and lead us in one final song.